DJ PK, time to welcome Yogi Roth back to the show. Pac-12 Network football analyst joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs. Or call 877-346-3333. Yogi, good morning. It is beautiful, man. I'm overlooking the Sunset Strip right now, or the Vegas Strip right now, and it is uh, it is gorgeous. Sun is out, and the place is vibing, man. You saw it all last night. I was walking through the hotel, and you fans are, they can't correct. They're not going to think it's a beautiful night unless it ends yeah, up with Utah sure. winning I, the game. Win the game, Yogi. I hear you, man. I hear you. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be awesome. I mean, the vibe is it's really cool here. You can tell, uh, and I think I don't. I mean, you can quote me, I guess. But from what I was told, fifty one thousand plus are gonna be in that brilliant stadium. I went through it yesterday. Man, that turf it's 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 got a little bounce to it. You know, like I walked out there and I just had the chills the minute I walked into an empty stadium, and then you imagine. 50-plus thousand in there. It's going to be the coolest environment we've had in Pac-12 championship history. It just will be, man. That's my prediction when he's walking into it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm in Vegas right now. I'm at the Palms. I'm looking out over the west side of the valley, and it certainly looks gorgeous today. I didn't go through the stadium because I was there when BYU played Arizona. Rather, I played golf yesterday, and it was just spectacular. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got hooked up with some local people. I just went out as a single, and you know, they asked what you do, so I told them. And they're they're excited, wanted to talk about the game and all that stuff. So you definitely can feel it. I think it was an absolute no-brainer to move this thing to Vegas and get people excited. And it's awesome that it worked out for the first year you have the Utes. I uh, just told DJ that uh, I've got a friend of mine, longtime friend, Utah season ticket holder, and he's literally on the road right now with 13 family members. <laughs> and they're all not in the same car, obviously, but uh, they're coming over. So there's a lot of hype about this game from the Utah perspective. I'm wondering from your perspective, we saw what happened two weeks ago, and that was a shocker. Not necessarily that Utah won, but in the dominating fashion in which they won. In your mind, does that performance two weeks ago mean anything tonight? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like now, I don't think either team is 30 points or more better than the other team. Like, go, you go back and you study the game and then all the previous games, and you know, we got the two best teams in the league, right, clearly. I think that uh, where it does matter is in the mindset, right? And I talked to players about this this week on both sides of, Okay, uh, let's just talk with Oregon. You know, they obviously got, you know, handled uncharacteristically for, for them under Mario Cristobal in that game. So do they walk in with an incredible chip on their shoulder, fearless, saying that wasn't us, and they actually believe it? Or is there some doubt in there? Like, you know, you've got to kind of own the line of scrimmage on both sides. Like, can we, uh, like, man, it's going to be a tough one. And so I think the whole mental side of this, and then even for Utah, like, they're going to get on this first drive, the best punch that Oregon's thrown since Ohio State. They're just going to get it. And for them, is it going to be like, whoa, didn't, this was not the team we saw 13 days ago? Whoa, were we ready for this? So, yeah, I, I think that both teams' mindsets, and that's why the coaching is so critical in championship games, because you create your team's mindset. 
you talk to your team about the environment and the game and what to expect and anticipate. So when they roll out there, they can play free and play fast. And I think that's going to be the team that wins is not the one that plays with the most intensity and tightness. It's the team that plays with the most confidence and plays free. And, and I learned that a long time ago from, from Pete Carroll when I was with him at FC and tracking them with the Seahawks when they were rolling and Super Bowls and expectations, et cetera. And it was all about getting into the game and reminding yourself that you've earned the right to compete freely. And that's what I'm going to be looking for in the first two drives. Which team has that vibe over the other one? And, and maybe they both will. It'd be great. So how well will Oregon be able to run the ball? Because they ran for 63 yards against the Utes and got crushed. This is a team that can run for 200 yards in the bat of the eye, and they're undefeated when they have a 100-yard back. Do you have faith in their ability to run versus the Utes, or do the Utes control them again? Uh, I think they'll run the ball. I think it'll be in spurts. You know, I think when you, you watched last week in the Oregon State game specifically, the, what do you want to call it, the zone read game, or the run-pass option game, which is basically for the listeners when Anthony Brown, the quarterback, you know, looks like he's handing it off to Travis Dye and either gives it to him, throws it to somebody out the back door, or keeps it. That's their best form of offense, period. You know, we watch all their games, and that's when they thrive. And last week you saw them doing kind of what, a little bit of what Utah does in terms of motioning Travis Dye back into the backfield and forcing the defensive front to move a little bit and shift a little bit and slide a little bit. Uh, that's going to be the game, right? Oregon, is, they can operate efficiently in the whatever form of run game through Anthony Brown. They'll be in this game until it's late. Now, he'll have to make three legit throws, and he did three of them in the first meeting. Climb the pocket, third down, across the middle, on time, boom. Did another one down the sideline for a big uh, play in the first drive of the third quarter. You guys all saw that one. He's going to have to do that in critical times in the game, but I do think they'll be able to run the football. I don't think they're going to be thwarted, and I don't think they're going to rush for 350. I don't think it's going to be like it was in 2019 when C.J. Verdell just went off against the Ducks along with Justin Herbert with his legs. But they're going to find ways. I mean, that's why I kind of go back to off the top, man. This is, this is the best championship game I think we've had. And I get the environment. Like, when it was Donald versus Costello and Stanford FC, that was fun. Um, the year before when Chris McCaffrey went crazy, that was fun, but he just went bonkers and it was a route. I, I see this one going back and forth all night and then somebody pulling away late, you know, by 10, 14 points. The Utes Yogi clearly are a different team once the quarterback change was made and Rising got in there and he's taken off and obviously they've only lost once and have had a lot of dominating wins. From your perspective, what makes him who he is? Yeah, that's fun to, to ask. When you talk to the players or the staff, and there were some Utah officials last night at uh, the commissioner reception at the stadium, and everybody just talks about is this factor. And and I love that phrase now. I used to hate it because I thought it was the most overused, undefinable phrase. But now I, I think well, if I can, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think I could define it because I did a documentary on it. I asked. You know, NFL players, elite football players, so how would you define it? And where I netted out was the following. The if factor is when someone walks into a room and you can feel their presence. And they make everybody better. 
And that's what he's done. And you go back and you watch the San Diego State game, and I didn't think he played great. I, I didn't come away from that game being like, okay, this is going to be a guy that's going to lead them to an epic record of you know, the Rose Bowl. But as the year went on, and you watched him in SC and play action pass game and turn his back to a defense and throw a you know, corner route to Money Parks for a touchdown perfectly on time, or you saw him do it with his legs, and then you watched him as every week showed up. And then even uh, last week, after a pick on the first position, you see him bounce back immediately. Uh, he's got this, this element where he doesn't flinch. And then you talk to the players on his team about it. And they just love having him in the huddle, whether he's joking, whether it's having fun, whether it's the intensity. He's got this thing to him that cultivates winning and most importantly cultivates a belief in winning. And I think that's very unique. We're in a day and age where every high school player doesn't huddle, right? They never look 10 other guys in the eye for the most part. Right? There, there aren't those intimate moments where you follow that position. But Cam Rising had those. Think about where he's had them. He's had them, obviously, with the team in a team setting. He's had them in a training, set, a training room setting when he's had to recover from injury. He's had it when he sat up in the booth in 2019 with Britton Covey and watched it with Andy Ludwig with a headset on charting plays and coverages. He's kind of been in every environment you could be in as a player. And that, to me, commands such a respect. And then he's proven that he can also ball in games. That, that I look at him right now coming into this game, and he got every opportunity to be first-team all-league and Pac-12's offensive player of the year with what he's done on the field and then with his intangibles. Yogi Roth joining us, Pac-12 Network football analyst. So when you have the better quarterback, you often have a great chance to win the game, and Anthony Brown was great against Oregon State, 23 of 28, 82%, 275 yards, two scores, no picks. That's a dream line for a quarterback. But he's also only completes 54% of the passes in a horrible loss to Stanford. And he had four games where he completed a lower percentage of passes than that. So he is just all over the map. To what level can Oregon count on him in this game? I think the one thing that Anthony Brown does, and as well as anybody, is he's like on the all-competitive team, man. But think about what he's gone through to your point. Like, number one, you're the quarterback at Oregon. And no offense to the other 11 institutions in our league, but most recently they've had the best success of that position with Marcus Mariota winning the Heisman. And everybody's compared to him, whether it's Dakota Prukop or Vernon Adams or Tyler Shock or now Anthony Brown. And we're going to mark on set tonight. I'm going to ask him about that. Of like, you, know, you talked to the, four, the, the past quarterback since you about dealing with the expectation that comes with you. And Anthony Brown dealt with it, I think, pretty well. He's booed by his home crowd. Think about that. In Austin. And he's gone through a long season. You talk to people on his team and players, and they all recognize that. And they all recognize how he's never once complained. He just kind of kept it moving. you know. And, and I look at him again at every big moment, and I'm going to do a breakdown of him tonight on the show, our pregame show at 4 o'clock uh, Pacific right before the game. Rolling out to his left against UW in the rain, he throws it to Devin Williams for a touchdown. That's a throw of the year right now. right? Sideways rain. Everybody says, we're going to make him throw it. He did it. And you can go back to different moments throughout this season where he's had to elevate, right? UCLA game. They got to win late. What does he do? He allows them to win late, right? This team, in the fourth quarter, they averaged 10 points per game, uh, fifth best in the country. 
Like they, they can put the hammer on you late. They can kind of wear on you, and he can when he's, when he's rolling, right? He's a guy that builds on success as games go on and doesn't flinch when things go poorly. So, I, again, I, I think, yes, you're right. He needs to be 58 60% completion percentage. And for Utah, I would be, and I would, I would imagine they do this, they'll play some, some form of coverage outside that it is in the face of wide receivers trying to eliminate the quick passing game and easy reads for him. Make him evaluate wide receivers' releases off the line of scrimmage. Make him evaluate a defense that's constantly moving versus man coverage or off coverage where it's an easy pitch and catch for him. That's where he's thrived. Make him climb the pocket. He can do it. Make him do it for four quarters and deal. And, and I would imagine Utah does similar things to what they did in, in, the, in the first matchup and, and try to basically put eight guys in the box on first and second down if they beat us on third down. And if he does, he does. And I think that'll be the game plan. And I think he's capable of doing it. So that's why it makes it really fun. It's not like he's a quarterback that can't throw. It's a quarterback that's shown a lot of prowess at times. But to your point, he's also shown uh, inaccuracy at times. And that'll be an element, of course, tonight in the ballgame. One of your former interns, is he an NFL player? And I'm speaking of Britton Covey. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm here in Vegas, right? Hunter Renfro. Right? How many times does he go viral on some form of social media with the route that he runs? You know, can bust somebody's ankles up and set them up. I, I think he's got unique tools like that. And I don't think Britton will be everybody's cup of tea in you know, 32 teams in the league. But I do think there are some teams that love guys like him. And I think that he'll get an opportunity to play and and compete. And it'll be about, you know, that staff falling in love with somebody like that. And I, I can remember like yesterday and it breaks my heart, but I remember first year at SC I would I was still thinking I was gonna play when I was coaching. This is two thousand five. So I would still train after practice. I'd be running around and Coach Carroll would throw to me. And he'd say, Man, you know, like if I was in the league, like you, you definitely have, you know, an opportunity to make a roster because there's a guy like you on every team, which is, you know, I was definitely not nearly as talented as Britton Covey, but my point is like a possession receiver who can catch and understand zones and where to sit down and where to run through and all those things. And Britton obviously does that and can, and can add on special teams. So I think when I heard that, I was like, what? There's a guy like me on every team? There's a guy like Britton Covey on every team? And now you start studying it, and, and of course there is. Right? And, and I don't know, maybe it's not every team, but there's a place for someone who has the tools that he has, and, and he knows that. And, man, is there a guy you know, having any more fun in college football than him? I love that side of him. I talked to him earlier this week, and he's just used for this game. His team is. And, and I do think they come out the looser team in this ball game, and a lot of it is because of him and his post-game antics that I don't know if you saw, but we did a little feature on the Pac-12 Network, so we'll, we'll re-air that tonight during our uh, pregame show as well. Well, Yogi, we appreciate the time as always. Can you reassure Ute fans that they're going to win the game, or is that a bridge too far? <laughs> I, every every single five minutes, I, I roll the other side of the bed, or I'm pacing around Vegas. Uh, there's an argument for either team. You know, look, there's a reality that the Ducks are the two-time defending champs, and they got to be dethroned. And they've thrown down in that regard. And against Utah in 2019, they did. But to your point of 13 days ago, the Utes put it on them. So I, I love 
so many elements of this game. I think Utah's proven to be the more consistent team. Uh, we'll see how healthy they are in their offensive line. Obviously, that's going to be a thing. Uh, and they can't let Kayvon Thibodeau do what he's done in Pac-12 championship games, which is be a game wrecker. I mean, that's what he's done. SC and Utah, you know, we all remember fourth and one in Zach Moss in the first drive of the game a couple of years ago. So I see it going both ways, man. I do believe that Utah is probably a little bit more consistent when you watch him on film uh, at times. But, man, Oregon's playing for a lot. You know, I, I got off presenting to the playoff committee yesterday morning around this time, and if there's a two-loss champion debate, Oregon Ducks, they got a real shot if things go their way Saturday, get to the playoffs. So everybody will be playing for a lot on the line. So I don't know, man. I, I, I guarantee it'll be a great game, and if Utah does win, I'll invite everybody to Venice Beach. Let's get in the water and paddle out a little bit before the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you know, Yogi, you're talking to a couple guys. I used to work for the Daily Breeze down there in Torrance, and you're talking to two guys who have California roots. So you've got to stop posting beach pitchers in late November now that we live in Utah. You're, you're torturing us, us yes, Yogi. You are. You are just, torturing Just stop yeah, that, man. I'll stop. I'll Come stop. No more late November picks in 2021. <laughs> I'll start with late the, December. June, July, August. Yeah, that's fine. And I'm, I'm so confident on the Utes when we get done here in a half hour. I'm going to the sports book, Yogi, and then I'm going to keep walking right out the door without reaching into my wallet. <laughs> Do it. Don't don't get tempted, man. Yeah, rat poison. Stay away. <laughs> rat poison. Nice. Yep, that's for sure. Nice. Thanks, Yogi. As always, we appreciate it. All right. Later. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network football analyst, join us right here on The Zone. DJ and PK, more in a moment. Everything you missed in this show, Mark Matson, UVU basketball coach, David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz, Yogi Roth on the Pac-12 Networks. And the Pac-12 playoff game, the uh, title game, we'll get to all of that next. Stay with us.